The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, we're talking with Shannon Levitt. She is the founder of Yoga Lift, a holistic wellness program, and the author of Learn to Be Lean, a yoga-based approach to healthy weight loss. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you. So what inspired you to write this book? Well, I, I think there's a great need for holistic weight loss. There are so many programs out there, diet programs, quick get quick fit plans that are temporary, that lead people actually in the wrong direction where they end up fatter and frustrated more, you know, in the end. And so I think that there's something missing, that we need to have a more holistic approach. And um, my belief is a yoga-based approach is the way to go. So um, what exactly is yoga? Well, yoga is many things. I mean, ultimately, it's a way of life. Okay, so it is a philosophy. It's fitness. It's body, mind, spirit connection. Um, yoga is a way to uh, learn more about yourself. It's actually a practice of self-observation. So you, it's a practice of self-discovery. So as you're doing all these things, you're getting fit at the same time and connecting your body, mind, and spirit. So that's why it's so powerful. You're able to connect to your inner power as well as get in shape. So I just it's just such a win-win. It's so much more than just an ordinary fitness plan is my point. So you, you mentioned the word holistic as this is part of the, the plan. What exactly does that mean? Well, that means whole. So if you think of holistic as whole, it addresses all of you, not just your body. It addresses your body your mind, and your spirit. And it's more with natural approaches. So yoga being a very natural approach, um, organic eating, balanced eating. So that's what holistic is. And it's really a balanced approach. So what I didn't say earlier about yoga is that it really teaches us balance. It's a holistic, balanced program. So um, in the start of your book, you have a questionnaire so that people can learn about the four quadrants. Can you just tell us what those are? Uh, the body, the spiritual piece, we have the emotional, we have the thoughts, and we have the physical. So the idea is that you it's a self-examination questionnaire. So you take this quiz or test, so to speak, and then you see wow, where am I really doing well and what do I need to work on? So it's just a way to start out uh, the book to see how balanced am I? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? 
not in a way of judgment, but in a way of just acknowledgement and, again, self-discovery. And then you can also take that at the end of the book as well to see your progress. So how exactly do these these quadrants relate to, you know, being holistic and, and weight loss? Well, I think that the healthier that we are, body, mind, and spirit, you know, weight loss, anybody can lose weight. I mean, you can t- any diet is going to help you lose weight. But how, what's going to help you sustain it? And I think that is going to be self-knowledge and self-growth and connecting to your inner power. And so the more connected you are in these quadrants within your being, the more tapped into your inner power you are, the better choices you're going to make. You're going to have more self-awareness. So it's self-awareness, that's number one, and then also that ability to follow through, which yoga teaches us that ability to follow through teaches us basically to be with difficulty another so, benefit I, I think uh, you know most people um, struggle with food in some way it's, I, I think that's why they're the, the most common health books that are written are about diet and food and and uh, obviously it's an important part of our lives can you give us an example of um, what would happen if somebody had uh, an imbalance in the mental emotional aspect um, quadrant, as you call them, and and how that would affect them. Well, emotional eating. I mean, you know, if you're stuffing your emotions, if you're not dealing with uh, your daily feelings and emotions, if you're pushing them down, like a, you know, trying to keep a beach ball underwater, that's stuffing. And then there's the tendency to overeat, eat mindlessly, and not realize that you're even doing that. So that is a big problem. Emotional eating I, is is very common. And I think it's because people aren't aware of their emotions. They're not accepting of their emotions. And then they don't know what to do with them. And and our thoughts go right along with that. So we reinforce it. You know, then it's it's like, oh, God, I did it again. You know, I'm bad. I blew it. Now what? You know, oh, I'll start again. I'll start this diet. I'll start this plan. And then it kind of gets into that cycle of I'm going to be really good. And then it gets to be too much because it's really hard to make that much change. And then feeling bad about yourself and then overeating and then you're back to the cycle. So I see a lot of diets in that kind of cycle. And also when you're not, when you haven't, uh, don't have a way to deal with your emotions. So how can we realize that, that we're out of balance in these areas? Well, I think self-reflection, asking the right questions, slowing down, okay? So we're so busy today, you know, rushing here and there, and that's valued in the society. But if we can slow down, maybe we can get more information about how we're really feeling. And, and that, I think, is really important because if you're always filling up the gaps you never are with your discomfort in an honest way so that's what i'm trying to do with this book is help people slow down and do the work it's a workbook so to slow down and help help people have a place to kind of get messy and do the work and come to some realizations and when you're doing yoga or meditation 
and you're doing it in a way of consciously being present, it's going to, your habits are going to come right to you. You're going to know them because you're creating the space to slow down and to recognize, oh, I'm in this pose. Oh, God, I'm striving again. Or I'm not good enough. Look at that person, how much better they are. So there's many ways of coming to the realizations of your imbalances, but I think yoga is a is an amazing way to do it if you do it in the way it's intended to be practiced, consciously, slowly, mindfully, self-observation, which, which will lead to the self-discovery. So what exactly is mindfulness? Well, mindfulness is being very present. So it's awareness, but it's awareness with acceptance. So you're in the moment, and we all want to change the moment, right? We, we want it to be something often other, other than it is. But with mindfulness, what we do is we just practice being in this moment, in this day, in this hour, minute, accepting what is. So it's learning to deal with reality in a very accepting way as opposed to, how can I change this? And it doesn't mean we don't want change. I mean, of course we all do, but it's, it's, it's kind of like the serenity prayer, giving it up. What can I change? What can I? So it's a real honest way of being with life as it is, without always trying to make it different or think we need to be different. So that, that to me is what mindfulness is, and it's a practice. It's part of yoga. It's part of meditation, and it's also just something you can practice all day. So, so I um, think that yoga and meditation are ways to practice mindfulness. That's basically what they are. And then we take those things we learn there and we bring them into the daily, our daily life. So you mentioned earlier that, that this is a lot about asking the right questions, but how do we know what questions to ask? Well, my book will help, will guide you. I mean, that, that's one way. It, it, that, that's a great question. I mean, it's, that's what self-reflection is. You know, I, it's, it's like, okay, where am I at? How did I get here? I think what's really important is that people always want to be somewhere else. I want to do this diet so I can get here. But how did I get to where I'm at right now? What brought me here? What habits? What thought patterns? What emotions um, to get, work together to bring me to this place that I'm at right now where I look the way I do, feel the way I do, and think the way I do? So it's the kind of questions that are self-examination about, well, what's really going on? And again, it's not in a judging way because judging takes you out of the moment and, and it puts you in your head. This is kind of getting at your heart and your spirit and asking for some higher guidance as well. So um, there's, a, there's a quote um, that I quite like that is, uh, we don't know what the mind can't see. And I think this is why I, I like your, your book so much is because you're asking those questions so that people can, can start to have that awareness about ourselves. Because I think if we knew the things that we were supposed to know, we wouldn't end up, you know, with, with uh, you know, overeating, emotional eating, or, or the other things that, that we have to work through. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's both things. I think it's that awareness and knowledge and then, okay, now that I have that, now what? 
how do I make the change? I'm still this. You know, I'm still thinking like this. And, and that is where yoga is powerful. I say that um, yoga is something you do and something that happens to you. So you practice these ways of being in the poses, this calm, relaxed, compassionate, aware, all the things that yoga teaches because it's not just a physical practice, it's a philosophy. So that's why it's really powerful. It's a tool for change. Because like what you were saying is like if we knew more, you know, self-awareness is great, but there is another step. Because I can take many people to self-awareness, but boy, it's another step to to really get the wheels of change moving. That's why I'm a believer in the yogic process and mindfulness. Well, there's a lot of people that that have self-awareness, but, um, you know, they have a lot of negative thinking that goes along with that. So how does somebody work through through that kind of um, thought process? Yes, um, I'm a big believer in affirmations. And to some people, they're so corny, but there are a series of affirmations that I think can loosen up a lot of our negative thinking about, you know, affirmations about self-love, non-judgment, um, worthiness, gratitude, those kind of things. So it's a practice. Number one, it's being aware. Oh, and, and when you're in yoga or meditation, you can go, oh, I'm thinking this thought again. Oh, don't you don't judge. The practice is not to judge it. It's to notice it and then just observe it. How do you feel, right? I mean, it really is a process. So it's twofold. I think it's affirmations to help you build up your self-belief. And then it's the practice of just replacing some of the negative with the, with the positive thinking and the positive verbiage. So there needs to be some reframing done as well. So it's noting your habits, noticing them, and then doing affirmations and reframing and doing more positive self-talk. So it's a process. So it how does together is my point. It's like okay. affirmations alone aren't enough, I don't think, because you lose track of that. You have to have that mindfulness where you're going, well, my intention today is to notice, to think positively. Well, if that's your intention that sets you in motion to, oh, God, here I am thinking negatively again. Okay, more information. So with with the mindfulness, I mean, obviously that's not something that we can do all day because we, you know, go through our day and and we're busy with work or, you know, dealing with people or family or whatever. So how do we incorporate the mindfulness in so that we can make sure that we're going in the direction we want to go in? Well, I think the uh, objective is to be mindful all day long. And it's a practice. So really, if you think of it just this way, just being present. So if you're with your family, just being present. That's being mindful. If you're at work, you're, you know, being present. Try not to multitask because then you start to split yourself. So we have the practices where we practice like kindergarten. You go, you, you sit on the mat or you do basic yoga poses. You're practicing how to be mindful. And then you take what you learn there, that skill of focus, because really it's just his ability to be present and focused. And then you take that into your everyday life. So, I, I yes, it, my objective is to be mindful all day long. Am I successful? Of course not. But 
if you make that your intention to be present and more accepting, then you can be more mindful. See, again, it works together. You start with those intentions and affirmations, and then you work the practice. In, in yoga and meditation, can they teach you how to do those things? They give you more strength and practice, and this is so much about practice and intention. So, okay. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, we are going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Shannon Levitt. She is the um, author of of uh, Learn to Be Lean, a yoga-based approach to healthy weight loss. So we're going to be back shortly. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. 
Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, we're talking with Shannon Levitt. She is the author of Learn to Be Lean, a yoga-based approach to healthy weight loss. So, Shannon, can you just tell us a little bit about um, what, what yoga is? I mean, you said earlier that it was a philosophy, but I know, um, you know, physically, what are we actually doing when, when we're doing yoga? Well, yoga is a philosophy. It's also a physical practice, body, mind, spirit, integrating physical practice. So it's a series of postures, and these postures are intended to balance you, basically to open you up, open up your uh, energy centers, to detox you, um, just to make you fit all the way around. So it really is a physical the benefits are physical, they're mental, because while you're doing those poses, getting into all these various poses, you're training the mind to be with one thing, which is really important, so it's that focus practice. And then when you ultimately you become more relaxed, you know, you learn to make effort in these poses, but then with the balance approach, you also learn to let go. So yoga teaches us how to let go as well. So it's so much, it's it's but yet it's very accessible. It's simple. You can just get on the mat, show up, and do a series of poses mindfully, meaning paying attention without judgment. And you will get the benefits of yoga. So how does this work on our body to help us to lose weight? Well, uh in a, in a few ways, first of all, it's really underestimated as a weight loss tool. To me, if I could only do one thing, it would be yoga because it's so body, mind, spirit. Uh, yoga is great fitness, so it tones the muscles. It's like resistance training. And it's also balancing the body, so you're getting some flexibility. And if you pick up the pace sometimes, you get a little cardiovascular. And it also works on our organ system. So... When with all the twisting and stretching, we're actually working on our detoxing our organs and also improving our metabolism. So it's very uh, comprehensive and works on many levels of our being. And I think it's a great way to approach weight loss because it has the philosophy as well. And the physical practice that really... You can be a beginner. It has nothing to do with flexibility. People often think, oh, God, I'm not flexible. Nothing to do with it. It's about learning to be where you're at, accepting where you're at, and taking it from there, and you will improve. So through yoga, you get fit and integrated at the same time. It's like, it's incredible. It's it's hard to beat, and it's a practice. So a, a practice means that you just... Uh, you show up on your mat. You, you do your practice, and you do the best you can, and that's what's important. And then if you fall off the practice, instead of letting it go, you just, oh, start over. So yoga has a philosophy of, no, it's just not, you know, like many diets. It's like done now. I'm just going to throw the towel. No, you recognize, oh, I did it again. I let my practice go. But you know what? With yoga, I can just get back on the mat. I can restart. It's part of the deal. And through that, perhaps on again, off again commitment initially, you learn a lot about yourself. 
So when we're doing this physical practice, um, one thing you talk about in your book is is learning to accept your body. So how does yoga help us do that? Well, one of the principles of yoga, one of the guiding principles is uh, gentleness, nonviolence, acceptance, and compassion. So we're not just doing poses, physical actions, but we're doing them with those qualities in mind. So we're always appreciating, noticing, observing without judgment in yoga. So so that's very powerful because it's not about striving how deep can I get in this pose, but it's about, wow, this is where I'm at right now. Isn't that cool? Isn't that interesting? Observing that and appreciating where you're at. And as I said, the yoga philosophy has a set of guidelines for living that includes acceptance and compassion. And so if you're practicing in that way, then you become more accepting and compassionate to yourself. And, you know, what's interesting is the research shows that the the kind-to-self approach, yoga teaches you how to be kind to yourself. It's not that you don't strive, but you learn how to be kind and gentle and disciplined like a disciple to yourself. So, um, anyway, the uh, kind-to-self approach is much more powerful than the big stick approach. People make change because we rebel against, you know, too much, too much um, negativity. So um, what, what's the, um, I know when people do yoga, there's a lot of breathing that, that goes along with it. So what is that doing for us? Yes, and the breath is the guide. It is the guide. It's a focal point for meditation. So often we start out with a breathing practice. And with that meditation, it helps shift you inward, uh, which yoga takes you. It's an, in, it's an external to internal journey. Um, it gives you something to focus on. And it's a guide for, am I working too hard? If I'm working too hard, then I can't breathe, right? If not, I'm not working hard enough, it's too easy. So it kind of guides you to how deep to go in the pose. And uh, also with metabolism, everything happens in oxygen. I mean, so we want to keep the breath flowing, <laughs> kind of like keeping the fire burning in your body. So it's a guide, but it's also very healthy calm, smooth breathing, and, and the breath also calms us down. So when we're stressed, you might notice that you, you know, breathe really quickly. Well, just calm, smooth breathing can decrease stress. So stress is a huge factor in weight loss. And so yoga helps us de-stress. And in that way, it's another, uh, another reason that it's really powerful for weight loss because Stress is what's behind so much of our habits. You know, I need to do more. And then, well, I need to eat more because I'm so frustrated. So it's kind of, again, that cycle that I was talking about earlier. How does um, stress affect our metabolism? Well, our metabolism is basically um, our ability to stay balanced. So we use up uh, energy every day, but then we have to replace it. And stress is like keeping the gas pedal down. So we're using up all these important biochemicals that we need to have a healthy body. 
So if we aren't in balance every day with our using up resources and replenishing them, and we aren't if we're stressed out and we're not sleeping enough and we're, you know, overdoing. So it's all about uh, finding, trying to be in balance. And it's really hard if you have a really high-paced lifestyle and don't sleep enough. And so that's where the the yoga piece again comes in to help us de-stress. So, so it's about um, cortisol. If you think about stress elicits cortisol in the body, cortisol revs us up. It prepares us for fight or flight. But then when that stays high too long, then it gets the blood sugar going, caps our muscle, our protein, our muscle burning power, gets the blood sugar going. That elicits insulin. Insulin ultimately is a storage hormone, so we're storing more fat. And especially the research shows that that kind of uh, stress-induced fat gain is basically in the gut. And then that fat kind of has a life of its own and makes makes more fat. So stress is really an under underestimated in our country, how powerful it is, how damaging it is. I think we're just so used to it that it's like being busy is so valued and it's just so much a part of most people's lives that they learn to live with it, but it's really very hard on the body. It's like keeping that gas pedal down all the time. Well, it's really hard on the engine and eventually you run out of gas. And meanwhile, during that whole process, your body is being deprived of what it needs to run well. And then it's going to put on weight because the metabolism will not, will not be running well. So the body's going to protect itself. Your body wants to be healthy. So it thinks, oh, wow, crisis, I'm going to put on fat. So, you know, it's interesting you bring this up. I think it probably comes up in every show that I do that the the way our society is, whether we're talking about, you know, the toxins or how busy we are or what's in our food, um, you know, all of this um, is affecting us in some way. And, uh, you know, just being busy and, and, you know, some people are afraid to, to not do anything for a little bit just to let themselves calm down because they always have to be doing something. Thing. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that's where what you're talking about can come into play so people can have that that moment, even if it's just a, a moment every day where they're just um, calming down and, and coming back into themselves. Right. Good point. Yeah, it's a, and it's needing to value that moment. You know, it's that what do we value? We value being busy, and how do you value equally relaxing? Because it's really not as much part of our culture. I think it gets a lot of lip service, but in actuality, things are getting more complex all the time, and people are busier than ever, so I think it's a real problem. And then I think that when people do come down, as you say, well set into that moment, that it can be uncomfortable, because it's like, well, shouldn't I be doing something? You know, there's that question that's often asked. And, of course, the to-do lists are so long and big, and it's like, I think the society's out of balance, and I think that yoga is one of the solutions. And and underneath it all, though, is what do we value? Can we start there? Can we start with what we value? And can it be more balanced living? 
Well, exactly. You know, we're we're running around and um, doing a bunch of stuff and and not having the time for ourselves and for our family and and to be healthy, which are probably the things at the top of everybody's list, but they don't have time for them. Yes, good point. So how can the the yogic philosophy help people to just be more aware that they this is going on in their lives? Well, I think that the practice itself, if you commit to a yoga practice, you know, a couple times a week, every day, whatever, you're committing to slowing down. You're committing to getting on the mat and to spending some time. And then I think we get the recognition when we slow down, it can be a little confrontive, you know? It's like your habits will come to you. So you are more aware of what's getting in your way of spending time with the family or or prioritizing things that you believe are important. So I think it's committing to a practice that can help people uh, actually slow down and then come to some more awareness of how are they actually, what's keeping this all in place? Because when we slow down, we can get some insight into the, oh, but I have to succeed, I have to succeed. Maybe that's just an example of a thought. But you might not get that if you don't slow down. You know, so you get into that kind of the places where the recesses of your being, where you're stuffing and storing everything. But we get there only if we make it a practice, and that's how yoga is a practice. And the philosophy is one of slowing down, getting you into the present moment. Nonviolence, gentleness, compassion, but also discipline. Disciple to self. So I I know a lot of people talk about... um, or, or don't understand, uh, you know, yoga fully. When when I started practicing yoga when I was 21, I remember there being a, a a weightlifter beside me, and he had all these big muscles, and he couldn't actually hold the poses as long as mm-hmm. I was holding them. Um, so what's exactly going on there? Um, you know, he he appeared to have the strength, but he he just didn't seem to endurance. Well, you know, I think you built up a lot of tenacity, too. Because if you notice that with practice, you're able to hold the poses longer, just like anything else. If you start a running program, you know, the next, you know, you run a mile, then you can run two. So I think a lot of that is a practice. But that person is trained, and I lift weights as well, hence yoga lift. Um, It's trained in a different way. They're trained for strength, but not for endurance. But that weightlifter can just learn endurance through practice. And the endurance is really important. I think the value in yoga, there's many different types of yoga. You know, there's the astanga, there's the flow, and there's the hatha yoga. And and hatha yoga is more about holding poses. And I think there's a lot of value in just holding poses because, it's again, it slows us down and it helps us build that endurance and it's not easy there's a difficulty to it but there's also an enjoyment with it i know i'm focusing on how hard this is but there's an equal amount of feel good again it's about balance so the weightlifter just needs to 
practice more. But this is why I put these two disciplines together, because I think that we need, as we age, both. We need strength, and we also need flexibility and endurance. So fitness is not just one thing. It's many things. Okay. Um, We're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Shannon Levitt. She's the author of Learn to Be Lean, a yoga-based approach to healthy weight loss. We'll be back shortly. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, we're talking with Shannon Levitt. She's the author of Learn to Be Lean, a yoga-based approach to healthy weight loss. So, Shannon, in your book, you talk about um, yogic eating. Can you just explain what that is? Sure. Well, basically, yogic eating is moderation and balance. Yoga is a middle way teaching. So, that means it's not either you're being a fanatic or a glutton. It teaches you how to live in the middle where you can become more balanced. So, so often diets are so limiting and I don't think people are ready for that much change, which is why a lot of them fail. Now, there are some good programs out there, but with a yogic eating, again, you have the philosophy of balance, moderation, 
And also just eating more mindfully. So yogic eating is also about eating mindfully, which means with awareness. So that means you slow down. Am I full? What am I hungry for? How did that meal feel? Oh, what, what, what's my emotional state before I start eating? So it's really just a more conscious way of nourishing yourself. So it sounds like you're you're trying to bring a lot of mindfulness into eating. Yes, absolutely. Mindfulness and also there's guidelines. I mean, it's basically balanced eating. And that can sound boring, but really it's not because it's not as boring as, you know, being as esthetic or as, as being really stoic. It's, but it's almost can be harder because then you have to be more responsible as well. Like, oh, I can have a little bit of that, but not too much. But that's where if you are mindful, if you're in your body, which, you know, yoga and meditation take you in your body, then you, you have that awareness and it's a practice as well. So the yogic eating process is a practice and it's a part of yoga. So if... If one is a practitioner of yoga, they have a practice, often yogic eating or really just balanced, moderate, mindful eating comes along with it. It's part of it. So if somebody is doing this for the first time and they're sitting down to a meal, what would that look like if they're practicing the yogic mindful eating? Well, I think that it's a balanced meal. So what does that mean? That means... It has some protein, maybe plant protein, maybe hopefully organic, not necessarily, um, some kind of meat source, a lot of vegetables, and maybe a small amount of grain, so, and then some healthy fat. So we want to get all the food groups in wisely. And it's not a lot. Our serving, we have gotten so out of touch with what a serving is in this country. You know, you go to, go to a restaurant, and you can take half home and... And uh, but often we will just eat it because there it is. It's hard to say no when it's when it's right there. So balanced eating is small amounts from all the food groups. Not really eliminating a food group unless you know obviously if you have gluten issues or other issues, then then you eliminate. And then so I was so just say- in Indonesia. I had a great experience. I was just traveling in Indonesia and. It is an amazing cuisine. I was so impressed. They had tons of vegetables at every meal. And they had a lot of eggs and a lot of rice, but it was a healthier rice, not not as processed. And then a lot of fish and some chicken. And I was so disappointed at first that they didn't have chocolate for dessert, okay? So it's in my habits. But they had fruit for dessert. And that's what was available. And... But I felt so balanced. Like, within a few days, I didn't miss the chocolate, is my point, because it's so balanced. So our goal here is to eat in that way. And I think the main thing to focus on is half your plate vegetables. Get your protein at every meal, because really that keeps your blood sugar balanced and uh, keeps your muscle mass up. And don't be afraid of fat, because fat is important. Fat is your friend. And I don't eliminate carbohydrates because I think our bodies need that whole grain nourishment. 
But I do suggest to people initially, why not measure? Let's see what's really going on. So let's just, you know, measure things out, get used to things, then you can learn to eyeball. So those are some of the tips that I have. But I brought up the Indonesia because I thought it's so different from what's available here. It's really hard to be healthy here. It, and, and it takes a lot of um, uh, dedication. Whereas there, it's just a matter of course. It was kind of an amazing experience. Well, you know, I, I, I think from, um, you know, my, my own experience and what I've heard from other people, when you start to change how you're eating, of course, you can still get um, cravings and, and feel hungry even if, if you're not. What can somebody do just to, to, um, to deal with that when that starts to happen? Oh, deal with cravings? Yeah. Well, I think first of all is to identify are they, is it an emotional craving or is it an actual hunger craving? So if it's like immediate, if you've just eaten dinner and you're having a craving and if it's immediate and you want it satisfied now, that's more likely an emotional thing. A hunger is more of an awareness of, oh, an emptiness, a need to be filled by food. So I think identifying um, what's happening here. If I need more food, then I, you know, you eat the proper food. But if it's emotional, then it's that slowing down and learning to identify what is this emotion I'm feeling? And can I breathe with it? Can I identify it perhaps in my body? Can I, do I know where it, where it came from? So it's a little self-exploration with uh, emotional self-exploration with cravings. And I think we all have cravings, but I, I do think it's important to be able to, to discern what type of craving it, it is. Um, so it, um, what do we do? So if there's an emotional craving and we, we identify it, um, I, I mean, I, personally, I find that um, a difficult one to, to work through, especially if this is somebody's first time, you know, bringing that self-awareness. Is there any anything they can do just to help themselves get over that emotional hump? Yes. I think a couple of things. The first one is to just breathe with it. Breathe with it and feel the craving. Okay, that's number one. Also say, okay, I'm going to wait five minutes. Often that does it, okay, if you distract yourself. Another trick, or not really a trick, it's a, a method is to, I'm going to just write about this, all my feelings right now. Instead of eating, I'm going to take five minutes and just write what I'm feeling. And then if I still feel hungry after that, then I'll go ahead and give in to the craving. Sometimes it's okay to give in to it. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be punitive. Um, but why not use that uh, opportunity when your emotions are coming up to explore them a bit? So I think breathing, and slow, that's your slowing down. So you get in tune with what's happening. Sometimes distractions in order. Sometimes let's explore deeper with some writing. So there's different methods that people can try. And also I've found that if I eat, the more in balance I eat, the fewer cravings that I have physically. So that's why I really think it's important to strive for balanced eating. And I do like the three meals works really well for me. 
some people maybe need more, but sometimes I think more can be too much focus on food too. So, but yeah, so, cravings are something that we all have to learn a method to deal with, and I think different things are called for at different times. So how do how does the the journaling or the the writing work? Um, well, in my book, I have the uh, Body Mind Spirit Journal. So what you're focusing on every day is basically, am I having balanced meals? Am I getting enough water? Am I getting enough produce? And, and I do focus on the one thing to count, if anything, is sugar grams. Um, and how did I do today eating until I wasn't, you know, am I eating when I'm not hungry? And the journaling also, before you even start your day of, of journaling with the Body Mind Spirit Journal, you write your intention down. So every morning, you have a few moments with yourself, maybe a little mini meditation, and then you say your intention out loud, and then you actually go to your journal and you write it down. Because I think it's really important to set the tone for the day. What do I intend to have happen here? Let's not leave it to chance. Let's give me some guidance. So it kind of starts that energy moving to help guide you to make healthy choices through the day. So that's the Body, Mind, Spirit Journal. And then in addition to that, I have at the end of each chapter, there's a lot of self-reflection questions to say, hey, what was this chapter about? Oh, it was about emotional eating or it was about, you know, yogic eating or strength training or fitness, you know. What are the, so many questions that you can write about and, and learn from. Um, so if somebody is going about um, working on all of this, where should they get started? That's a big question. I'd say, of course, I'd say my book because it guides people. I mean, we need a guide. I, I think, first of all, it's getting started with, I am going to live a more holistic life. So that's just saying, I'm going to honor all parts of my being. I'm not, you know, if I go on a diet or if I do this quick fitness program, not that there isn't some merit to that, okay? We can talk about that later. But um, I think that it's important to just back off and recognize that there are no, no quick fixes and that I'm in this for the long haul. And how can I create this holistic lifestyle? So that means that I need to start to pay attention to my food. I need to put some exercise in my daily life. So those two things, and then I need to maybe record it and have some guidance. So I guess what I'm saying is approaching it more holistically. It's a little bit slower approach, but necessarily so, because it takes time to make change, you know. Whereas if you just do quick fitness where people run into trouble, is most of us aren't ready for that kind of change. I mean, those programs ask a lot of us change quickly. Whereas what I'm proposing is slower but more enduring. So I think it's accepting a practice approach, looking at life more holistically, body, mind, spirit, and slowing down a little bit and making a plan to eat better and to add some exercise in. So that's how I would say people can begin. 
Well, I, I like the idea of, of it being slower. You know, when people do a, a crash diet or change thing, try to change things overnight, I think there's usually some sort of internal re- rebellion where where they just feel overwhelmed, like they can't do any, they can't do it anymore, and then you know they just aren't doing anything, as opposed to you know really slow over time, add changing a few things and and mm-hmm. um, and and making it a lifestyle as opposed to, oh, I'm on a diet. Yes. I think it's more liberating. It really is more liberating and it has that element of freedom. And, of course, with that freedom comes responsibility. So, it's, again, that's showing up. And But the cool thing about the whole yoga practice is that starting over piece. Oh, I fell off the diet. That, you know, most people are done. But with with this process, it's just, oh, what did I learn there? What happened? You know, how can I just gently get back on, or maybe not so gently? Just you know, we we need to to um, keep ourselves accountable. So I guess a, there's a big difference between a practice and a program, in my view. This, this you know, isn't short lived. This is like an enduring, but it's supportive. You know, if you study the philosophy and if you show up on the mat. And um, you're willing to conf- have it be a little bit confrontive. There's a there's a lot of benefit. Yeah. Um, so, what's your yoga lift program? Well, yoga lift is for me. What I do with my clients is I combine yoga poses and then strength training poses. That's what yoga lift is. But I don't combine weights and poses together because I'm kind of a purist in that way. The yoga poses are intended to be done in a certain way, and I'm very much about posture and alignment. So I always begin with posture and alignment, learning how to, how to align yourself, and then taking that into your yoga poses, and then also taking that into your strength training, and doing the strength training in a more mindful way. So meaning really, just being really focused. Okay. So if there's anybody uh, listening who um, wants to get started on your program, how can they get a hold of you or your book? Well, my website, www.yogalift.com. My book is on Amazon. You can also get it. So you can get it on Amazon, Learn to Be Lean. You can also get it on my website. And and my email information uh, is available on my website, as well, yogalift.com. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Shannon. Um, This was a great show. My pleasure. And I want to thank um, everybody for listening. We were talking today with Shannon Levitt, and the book is Learn to Be Lean, a yoga-based approach to healthy weight loss. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.